Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello and welcome to an FA Cup special game day preview pod with me, Sam Adaface. Uh, this week, game day takes us to Griffin Park, probably for the last time as the FA Cup brings Leicester to town, minus Jamie Vardy, although there will still probably be a golf fest party. West Ham's Premier League safety is under serious threat, so the last thing they'll want to see is Slavon Bilic back with the baggies and ready to rub salt in their considerable wounds. Chelsea are still raw from conceding late against Newcastle and Arsenal, but should Frank keep keeper Kepper, who can keep out Caballero, just not shots. And Manchester United didn't even know where they were going until a few hours ago, but being directionless and lost is nothing new. All that to come on the ultra-positive game day preview from TalkSport. This is Game Day. Danny Gabadon was Hammer of the Year the season that they got to the FA Cup final and still wakes up on FA Cup weekends and slips into his Cup final suit. How are you? All right? <laughs> cup final I bet you suit. could still get into your Cup final suit, couldn't you? Um, I'm not so sure. You know, I'm five, five years it, it retired, might. Sam, so um, I'm not, I'm it not might, so sure It might actually that. be a bit too big for you. Know, you know, I'd be baggy, 100%. Everything's gone tight yeah. now, isn't it? I want to see you in the Liverpool suit from 95. That's <laughs> I what I want to see. You could pull that I off. Could if anyone could, you off. could. Uh, Tom Rennie is here, TalkSport International Editor. Uh, he wakes up on FA Cup weekend and slips into an oversized West Ham onesie. <laughs> I do do that. I do that on all weekends. That's how I enjoy myself when I'm not on air with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how are you feeling about West Ham, by the way? I know we're going to get into them a little bit later on, but um, they were dreadful the other night. Yeah, I don't think we've got enough time in the show for all my feelings <laughs> and thoughts on West Ham. Um, I think that was a dreadful performance, but when you go to Leicester and have seven defenders in your team, and in that first 20 minutes they had about 12% possession and then went 1-0 down, I'm not sure what anybody could do. I think they're desperate for players, and the January transfer window rolls on, and David Sullivan's on the phone to super agents with no scouting network going, is Dimitri Payet available? It's not great, mate. <laughs> OK, bees versus foxes sounds feisty. Actually, it should be pleasing on the eye. Onguemo chasing into the penalty area. Cameron's in trouble! Here's Madison, 25 yards from goal, shooting and scoring, and scoring the winner. James Madison scores for Leicester City. Oreo dabs it down, Ali over the top of the goalkeeper, on the volley and in, and Tottenham are in front, and Deli Ali is back amongst the goals. He's in the area, gets away from Oliveira, oh that's a stunning goal! Here's Bowen, he's got other ideas. He bounces off a couple of tackles, shoots from distance, and what a goal from Jared Bowen! Pulisic now wants to mount inside the area, he's beaten Handy and he's shooting towards goal, and that was some finish by Mason Mount. It's Norwich 1, Chelsea 2. This is why we love the FA Cup. 
Two games on Friday night. QPR against Sheffield Wednesday and Northampton against Derby County. That will be new for Wayne Rooney. At 12.45 on Saturday, Brentford face Leicester. And what a great run of form Brentford are in. I'll be heading to this one with Matt Holland and Martin Allen and you'll be able to hear us all over the world on Talk Sport. Um, it should be a great game. Brendan Rodgers will rest players. Vardy picked up an injury in that game against West Ham in midweek but not thought to be too troubling. Look, he's not going to play this weekend, is he? He and Nacho's probably going to lead the line um, and there will be a bit of a rejig but will they have the firepower of Brentford's BMW? Ben Rama, Embuemo and Watkins and they've won seven games on the spin at home, Brentford. Thomas Frank, who, let's be clear, when he first started as the manager of Brentford, he took over from Dean Smith, didn't do a particularly good job. It was a sticky start for him. But he's got them within striking distance of the top two. They're a good team. I think it's going to be a good game, isn't it? And probably Leicester, when you look at them conceding and scoring in equal measure, this could be a high-scoring one as well, Danny. Um, I totally agree. Um, I saw Brentford play a few weeks back. Um, I think Cardiff City went there um, and they... They played them off the park. They played some fantastic football. You mentioned the front three there, Sam. As good as anything outside of the Premier League. Ben Rama, um, for me, is the next guy You know that gets snapped up. Um, he was unplayable at times with his, with his skills and his tricks. And, you know, such a confident player. And Braymore on the other side as well has got a lot of goals. And, you know, Thomas Frank has got them playing some really good football. Um, I think the addition of Pontus Janssen coming in at centre-half, that little bit of kind of experience and physicality has helped them this season. And their home form has been has been very good. So, you know, if Leicester go there, um, take it lightly. If Brendan makes a lot of changes, which you would expect him probably to do, um, I think it could have the makings for not just a very good game, but but probably an upset. Ollie Watkins went for a spell earlier in the season where he hardly scored a goal. I think he went at least two games without scoring one and then came back and scored hat-tricks and braces and then every other game throughout the course of the season. 18 goals in 28 this season. We're not even at the end of January. Mm. That's an impressive return, isn't it? When you bear in mind last year, looking at the numbers of goals that Tammy Abraham scored in the same division, I mean, he is literally on fire. Not bad for a converted winger. <laughs> Actually went, I think, as, you know, as a winger, didn't he? And they, they've converted him into a centre forward and um, he's done really well. But, but as you say, I think the way that kind of front three kind of interact and the fluidity that they play with, the freedom that they play with, the chances that are kind of created for him... Um, you know, I say Ben Rama might be the next one to go. <laughs> Speaking of that, Ollie well, Watkins. Could I mean, the whole well, front you know, three. Yeah, yeah. The great thing about Brentford is that they're fifth in the championship at the moment, and what they have is a front three built for the Premier League. What's yeah. the Premier League all about? It's about pace. It's about power. Add composure to that, which these three do. They've got everything there. Look at the the rise of them. They've been threatening to get into the Premier League for the last sort of three or four years. They may well do it this season, which will be incredible. And just as that, they are about to move into that brand new stadium, which looks absolutely yeah. sensational, right on the edge of the M4, perfect place on the side of London as well. Uh, good luck to them because they do play great football. Talk to me about Leicester City. Do they care about the FA Cup this season? Well, they, I think they should. I don't see why not. Obviously, the uh, chances of the Premier League are gone. They're obviously looking to finish in the, in the top four. I think they will do that with the teams around them underperforming. They've got the squad. I don't see why they shouldn't think, you know, let's enjoy a good cut run as well. Um, I think the players will be thinking that as well. 
No um, Vardy though. Like he picked up the injury yeah. against West Ham in midweek. They reckon it'll be blow. a couple yeah. of weeks and not a pulled hamstring. But even so, yeah. I like Iannaccio. He has played all right when he's when he's had moments this season. You know, he's scored played a lot better of goals. than he has. Yeah, he has yeah. scored some some pretty important ones as well. But usually it's to supplement yeah. what Vardy does. Yeah, now they've got to rely on him, and I think that could be an issue moving forward in this competition and the league as well. They were FA Cup runners-up in 1949, 61, 63, 69, but they have never won this competition, Leicester City. Would you believe wow. it? They take on Brentford live on game day. Um, right, let's move on to West Ham versus West Brom. Danny Gabadon's been looking at this one for us. Two of your former clubs. Certainly is. Um, and it's, this is a difficult one for me because starting the season, I think West Ham, you know, speaking about Leicester there, going on, do they fancy a cup run? I thought, starting the season, West Ham with a squad they had, good kind of Premier League season and let's look at the Cups as well and say can we can we go deep in one of them the way the season's kind of panned out where they are in the league the difficult games that they've got kind of coming up I think they're probably better off kind of going out of this I don't see how this is mm. of any benefit to the manager or, or the players um, I think you know the players kind of look low on confidence in a minute David Moyes has come in um, just the one winning the four kind of Premier League games performances haven't been great Players look low on confidence and I think the last thing you need is a team from a league below you coming to your ground and kind of turning you over and, and another kind of loss which dents the confidence even more. But, but he can't change much though, can no, he? And because that's the, problem, the bench yeah. in, in midweek, you know, a jetty, I don't even know who this guy is. I think he's played cumulative an hour all season long. So LA's got to play because there's no one else that can play there. Antonio can't play more than 60 minutes per game coming back from another injury, so he's not going to play. Uh, and Noble and Rice... They're playing 90 minutes yeah. every game, working so hard, and there's no one to replace them. Carlos Sanchez can't play. Jack Wilshere can't play. Yes, he is still getting 100 grand a week and, 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 and doing nothing at the club. Hiding in washing machines. Scary Hilarious, people. Jack. Thanks for reminding <laughs> us you were here. I mean, you know, I'd, if I were him, I'd keep my head down. You know, and but No wonder Declan Rice was so scared. He hadn't seen it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the biggest issue. And so I think West Ham have got to rest everybody here. Unfortunately, uh, for us wanting to watch the game, Gabs, I think mm. West Brom are going to do probably the same thing. I'm worried about West Ham United. 17th, 23 points, and their next eight Premier League games include Liverpool at home, Manchester City away, Liverpool away, Arsenal away, Wolves at home, Spurs away, and Chelsea at home. Mm. This is this is a serious situation for David Moyes, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's been a serious situation for a long time. I think all of West Ham's problems revolve around the fact David Sullivan runs the club. He won't hire a director of football to actually be director of football. He won't hire a chief executive to actually be chief executive. He's proven himself incompetent of running a club like this several, several times over. There's no scouting network. There's no long-term strategy, no long-term plan. Uh, David Moyes being manager for the second time is indicative of that. And it leaves David Moyes with a squad right now, who I, I think is a good manager. And um, I'm, I'm pleased he got the job. And I can't see how they could have got anyone else to take that job at this time. And the game against Leicester, he has to play eight defenders out there to try and get something from it. I think that those games are incredibly tough. But look at Burnley uh, turning over Leicester, beating Manchester United. If you're going to stay up in the Premier League this year, you have to beat those sides that are 5th to 14th, that are separated by, what, six or seven points. You have to pick up points in those games. Everybody does. 
and West Ham don't. I think you're right to be worried, and I don't see West Ham getting more than 35. An absolute push this season. Uh, that might not be enough because of the concertina nature of the division this yeah. season. FA Cup game day brings you Brentford versus Leicester at 12.45. Uh, we follow that up with Southampton against Tottenham and then Hull against Chelsea. That's at 5.30 this Saturday. Now, let's delve into our velvet bag. Okay, so basically, we put the games into a, uh, a little velvet bag and then we pull them out and you've got 60 seconds to Ooh. give us a sort of preview off the top of your head about the game that we've pulled out for you. Um, so I'm going to get the velvet bag out now and delve into it and just give the balls a little bit of a uh, swirl around. No hot balls here. All, uh, all, all the same temperature. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to preview... Reading versus Cardiff. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, Go. okay. Reading, um, actually decent home record in the FA Cup over recent years. Six wins and a draw near last eight in the FA Cup. Um, going very well in the championship under Mark Bowen. I think they've only lost one of their last 11 games in, in all competitions. Bit of a struggle for them in the last round against Blackpool. Um, had to go away um, to Blackpool and get... Get the win there in the replay. Um, sitting nine points off the playoffs, so still thoughts maybe about pushing into the playoffs come end of the season. They made a lot of changes in the last round, so I'd expect them to do a similar thing. Cardiff City have had their struggles as well in the FA Cup, only reached the fifth round twice in the last 11 seasons. Carlisle was a struggle for them, took a replay for them to, to beat um, them, but Neil Harris has good pedigree in the FA Cup, as we know. Uh, had a couple of good FA Cup runs with Millwall, um, so he'll be looking uh, to go to the Majeski and, and pick up a win if he can. But they'll have a lot of bad memories about the Majeski earlier in the season where they got absolutely hammered in the championship. I'm over. Thank you very much. I loved it. was my first one. I enjoyed it. Am I supposed to kind of like finish that off as in. Uh, there was a great flourish to it. Just who would going. win? Or... You yeah, can yeah. finish anywhere you like, okay. mate. Okay. Hey, it, it, what you did was perfect. That'll do. Thank you very much. Right, Tom, let's go through and pick one out for you. Oh, Millwall versus Sheffield United. Your time Ooh. starts now. Um, I love watching Millwall this year, and I love the fact they signed uh, Matt Smith up front. The most Millwall signing in the history of Millwall signings. Involved in nine goals in 12 appearances at the Den this season. Three assists in that time as well. One loss in 14. A, a tremendous time for Millwall Football Club. Eighth in the Championship, playing the most Millwall football you can imagine under Gary Rowett. But they have power, they have physicality, they have a will to win. I think they've got a great chance against Sheffield United in this game. Um, with Sheffield United, they can't rotate very much. Chris Wilder doesn't rotate very much, though I do expect to see the likes of Ravel Morrison, uh, maybe Jack Rodwell. Remember him. We might get to see him a little bit in this game, which will be Who good. I think they do need to rotate as much as they possibly can, though I don't think they will. The big issue for me here in this game is about the crowd. Number one, will they turn up? If you watch the last round, no one turned up at the den for this one. Two full stands were empty. And also, the ones that do turn up, what will their behaviour be like? You would have seen the game against Reading last time out when there were those chance that the FA are investigating. So fans, do behave. Your team are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and I was at the uh, game, I think it must have been last year when they played Everton in the oh, FA yeah. Cup and the, the behaviour there outside the ground was terrible from mm. both sets of fans, from what I remember. Uh, right, let's, um, I'll, I'll give you my one here. Um, uh, it is, uh, oh, 
Oh, this is this is a nice one. <laughs> Portsmouth versus Barnsley. So you're picking Ooh. out your own ball. Is that all right? Is it? Are we allowing that? Stewart's inquiry. There's, oh, there's no. only one ball left. If there's only three balls in there, we should have picked the, the balls the out left. ahead of time, shouldn't we? Surely. <laughs> Who, who's verifying these balls? Who's got their hands on Sam's balls to verify this? Production. <laughs> Sam's only, into this. Sam's only got. Sam's only got one ball, so uh, <laughs> it's uh, a, a bad use of the plural there. Uh, the time starts now. Uh, yeah, Portsmouth against uh, Barnsley. Basically, this is a game between the team that should have gone up at the end of last season and the team that did actually go up into the championship. And Barnsley have made a bad fist of it, haven't they, when you look at their results so far this season. Portsmouth, who started this campaign with a bit of a hangover, they did very well over the sort of autumn period in November when they won five or six games in a row. Uh, they've only lost two, actually, since the start of uh, October. They've been in terrific form. They've won the last five matches in all competitions, in including having another tilt at getting to Wembley via the Football League trophy. They beat Scunthorpe in midweek by two goals to one, which is pretty impressive, seeing as actually, does anyone really want to win what is, what is it, the Trucker Trade, no, the Leasing.com trophy? Whatever it is, the fact is, is that Portsmouth seem to keep managing to get themselves into the final of that competition. They take on Barnsley with John Marquis actually scoring goals, which is really important for them, and I think they'll go through and knock Barnsley out and get their revenge. Stewart's inquiry yeah, on the time as well, that, no? That was a Portsmouth lovathon, wasn't it? <laughs> Are they playing someone, Portsmouth? There's no way of yeah, knowing. It was, <laughs> a bit. It, it was a bit. You so wanted them it to was come up, didn't they're you? They're playing Barnsley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barnsley. But they're playing Barnsley, and Barnsley aren't very good. So uh, focus on the positives. That's always been my uh, okay. kind of approach to things. Uh, talking of which, let's talk about Manchester United. Is this where Manchester United are? The players just simply not good enough to wear that red shirt because if they think they've got any opportunity of finishing those Champions League positions, then they've got to improve at least by 50 or 60%. We haven't got anyone playing them long balls through. We've got Martial making the runs, James making the runs. They're not getting the ball. But you're finding new ways to embarrass yourself and stink the place out. I mean, they stunk Old Trafford out tonight. I mean, stunk the place yeah. out. Yeah, yeah I actually think, I think in the transfer market, all he's done fine. But there is a big problem at Manchester United Football Club. In this performance here, if anybody's watching this, I saw them play against Rochdale early on the season and I didn't think it would get any worse than that. Well, it certainly has tonight. Well, Manchester United didn't find out until late on Thursday night who they're going to play in the FA Cup uh, fourth round. But really and truly, that is the least of their problems, isn't it? I went to the game on Wednesday night and they started actually quite well against Burnley. Uh, even Phil Jones started OK. Like, he was winning lots of headers, he was making tackles for about 20 minutes. And then Anthony Martial, who was incredibly poor, missed two key chances. Mata missed another. And all of a sudden, the confidence not only drained from the players, but drained from the crowd as well. They let in a sloppy, rudimentary set-piece, which actually Phil Jones gave away on the halfway line. Got done by a weldy, yes, but never, ever looked like scoring. Mm. What is the problem at Manchester United? They don't have the quality. It's as simple as that. Um, they had a goal scorer mm. in, in Lukaku. Let him go for whatever reason why, I don't know. Um, and when you let someone goes guaranteed 20 goals a season, you have to replace him. It's as simple as that. They've been light up front, heavily reliant on Rashford. He's now gone lame. And you've got Mason Greenwood, Martial, who is a myth for me. Mm. 
you know, was one of the most expensive teenagers and five years later... Well, he's is, not good enough, is he? He's not good enough, no. He's not consistent. He's, it doesn't look like he wants to be a footballer. Sometimes you look at his body language and you just wonder if he really wants to be out there and you'll get the odd good performance from him, which will get him a new contract. And then, you know, he's just not consistent enough. So they, they're light up front. You know, light in midfield, no creativity. Apparently, they're a counter-attacking team, Manchester United. But, you know, Burnley on Wednesday night, they didn't sit off. They actually pressed Manchester United high at times. But they still couldn't break through them and create enough chances. So, they're just lacking quality. They just, they've got to get players in. They've the worst got... thing for me, Danny, was is that Burnley weren't actually very good. They weren't brilliant. They didn't have a stormer. They didn't have their best game of the season so far. They, never are, they just were, they? were effective enough to mm. beat Manchester mm. United. Uh, there's so many issues at the club from the top down. We spoke about West Ham earlier on, and it's a very similar situation. They've got a man running the club in Edward Wood who has no defined strategy. He's gone from one different type of manager to another, ultra-defensive, a rookie, a veteran. You know, he goes to all these different types of people, doesn't know what he wants. The strategy for transfers makes no sense. The playing staff make no sense. You know, teams are targeting Aaron Wan-Bissaka. They are targeting him because they know he tries recovery tackles. Mm. He does it all game long. He'll give a free kick away. He'll give a penalty away. And Burnley did that, I think, in midweek fantastically well. Get down the left-hand side from the attacking perspective at United's right, and there will be joy in it. There are so many issues there, and there are so many problems, and I find it confusing that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in his post-match interview is still talking about Manchester United being the best and greatest and biggest club in the world. We keep talking about their DNA. That doesn't matter at this point. They need someone in charge above Solskjaer to replace Solskjaer to give them a proper directive. He'll be there for the rest of this season and we keep thinking there's going to be a long plan. There's going to be an idea come the end of this campaign. There is no idea. Jude there is Bellingham. no long-term Jude plan. Bellingham's the idea. 16-year-old. This, this front there, there, is, there is a long-term plan. That the long-term plan is to sign younger players and slowly but surely drip-breed them into the squad, isn't it? I mean, they, you say that the transfer policy isn't working. Well, actually, the one thing that has worked so far this season, the only thing that's worked so far this season, is bringing in those three players. Maguire has done well. No, I, 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 don't well. I don't agree. I don't agree with that at all. The season really well. Maguire has not had a good season. He hasn't led that defence and they've conceded a lot of really poor goals. Wan-Bissaka is a good defender but has been found out repeatedly and Daniel James has been rubbish since Christmas. But that's because of the other players that are around them, isn't it? But not Maguire. You wouldn't blame Maguire, the captain and centre-half for the issues they've had. He's played every week. He's, He's crucial to it. I'd be more concerned about Lindelof than I am about Maguire. I don't think Maguire's an £80 million player, but ultimately, that's obviously Manchester United having to pay more than everybody else because they're Manchester United. I do think, actually, that James probably needed to be rested. He's still a kid. Mm. He's been played every single Premier League game this season. There's no way a kid who's just come in from Swansea should be doing that week in, week out and having that rest on his shoulders. I agree with what Danny said earlier on. There's no way that you can leave Lukaku and allow him to go off to Inter Milan and not replace him with an experienced striker. The issue is, okay, you know, your plan is to sign young players. If you continue to sign young players, then in five years' time, Manchester and I would be so far off it. That's 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 the only type of players they'll be able to sign. They won't be able to sign those elite players because they're going to be. They won't be finishing in the Champions League places. They won't be um, winning leagues. So. That will be your model. It will be to sign young players because that's all you'll be able to sign. You won't but be able to attract the high-level players. But you can't sign experienced 
world superstars because you can't Manchester United probably can't at the moment attract the world superstars you know the one that they do have in Paul Popper wants to leave so trying to get somebody else to come in and do that it's not going to happen the other problem you've got is that the inflated transfer fees surrounding these huge superstars are actually putting off even big clubs like Manchester United because what they need to do is probably spend about a billion pounds restructuring the squad but nobody's got a billion pounds to restructure their squad. So ultimately, you've got to think of a different way of doing it, haven't you? But, I mean, they have spent not too far off a billion over the last 10 years trying to bring players in since Sir Alex Ferguson left, well, the eight years since he left. They've spent a but huge they need amount of another money. Billion. They've spent it so badly, and it's the one man who has overseen that entire thing, the appointments of managers, selection of players. You know, you, you heard the chance about the Glazers and the Woodwards and, and Woodward himself in the game against Burnley. You've heard them growing and growing and growing. We know what the issues are. At some point, someone who's a chief executive has shown their incompetence so clearly and repeatedly he needs replacing, but he won't get replaced yeah. because he is a friend of the owners and he's fantastic at getting potato but, chip sponsorship. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the, that's the issue. The issue is, is that he's actually very, very good at being a chief executive of a football club. He's not very good at being a, a sporting director of a football club and they haven't got one of those and they probably need one. And until they start appointing uh, sensibly on the football side of the business, as Gary Neville articulated earlier in the week, then nothing is going to improve. There was a great video yesterday on social media of a, a fan that had flown from Australia to Old Trafford for the game and he was like, I can't believe I flew that far for that rubbish. I ain't supporting this team no more. And that is... That's my Australian accent. And and that's what's going to happen moving forward. Yeah. And if you want to know what's going to happen with, with United over the, the next telly, 20 mate? years, if you, you just put, put Omen away, old mate, for God's sake. You'd have more fun. Uh, if you want to know what's going to happen, you look at what happened to Liverpool over their 30 years until their title this season. We're in the kind of, what are we in, the Graham Souness bit now or the Roy yeah. Evans bit now? We've got we've got club <laughs> legend. We've had, uh, we've, had our Gerard, we've had our Gerard Houllier, haven't we? Because we had uh, Louis van Gaal. So we, we still need to get a Roy Hodgson in no, in some way. that's still to come. We're, we're still pre Julio. I, I mean, then we need a Rafa Benitez type character to restore some respectability. And so we're a good 26 years away, I would say, from having their Jurgen Klopp. So enjoy it and look forward to the Roy Hodgson Florence Cinema Pongol days. You think this is bad, <laughs> it's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, let's move on. Uh, let's get to the Dream Team section. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. The Dream Team section of the programme, and as always, when we get into this, we bring in Andrew Butler from Dream Team FC. Hello, Andrew. How Hello, are you? Sam. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Shrewsbury against Liverpool and Bournemouth Arsenal are your two games. Shrewsbury um, take on a Liverpool team that, we, yeah, we, when you look at the lead that Liverpool have got in the Premier League, it's so substantial that you'd think now that they could afford to start thinking about winning a, a league and cup double, and they might. But maybe the cup that they're looking to win is not this one. Are we expecting a team of kids? And should that pose more of a problem for dream team players? Then it will do actually Liverpool because their, their kids are great, but actually, well, you're not going to take out Salah and, and put in Curtis mm. Jones, are you? No, not not at all. And as per in the FA Cup, it, you've got to be really careful about who you want to be bringing in. You want to be bringing in players that might actually play consistently. And really, with FA Cup selections with a team like Liverpool, it just doesn't look like that will happen. Um, I expect players like um, Minamino will, will play. Shakiri might even get a nod. Just it feels like a sort of thing that Klopp might do just mm. to. Um, ward off any any clubs that might be wanting injured. to. Yeah, if he's not injured, of course, uh, that he might get a start because you know when clubs come sniffing, um, Klopp might just go, no, he's still part of the plans, and it keeps him sweet for a couple of months. But really, when it comes to Dream Team, you kind of want to be getting in players that are will be starting regularly after this weekend, which I just can't see happening um, with, with Liverpool playing the kids. So do you just sack off this weekend if you're a, a dream team player or do you have to just be very, very clever? You have to be clever. And I mean, it's a long game as well. So you, you want to be uh, picking players that might have be, even been playing in the week. Liverpool's games are coming thick and fast, obviously playing Thursday night, Sunday, again as well. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 it's tricky. I'm it not saying tricky. you're not trustworthy, right? But, <laughs> but, Sounds like but you're about but to say what something. But you're, you're right. Your, your, your mouth is saying, no, definitely play the game that pays my mortgage this weekend. Don't not play it. But your eyes say, I'm not playing. You shouldn't play. It's the FA Cup. We can't predict, predict anything that's going to happen. Just take it off. See the wife. That's really what you're saying. What, you? what you've made there is a truly grave error there, Tom, in that you think that I've got a mortgage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> An even graver one in the fact that uh, it's possible that you would just allow it to luck because it's, it's definitely not about luck, is it, Dream Team FZ? It's all about skill. Um, and before Thursday night, Liverpool had racked up eight Premier League clean sheets in a row, seven in all competitions. Shrewsbury haven't got a chance, have they, Danny, against them? I mean, they've recently drawn with Bolton and Fleetwood and only scored 24 goals all season. Only Bolton have scored fewer. There's not much chance that they're going to breach this Liverpool defence, is it? I hope they kind of do well. Um, I know Sam Ricketts fairly well, doing a, a really good job as a manager. Um, but I kind of hope they don't do well as well because I've got kind of a bone to pick with Shrewsbury because as a 15-year-old lad, I actually wrote a letter to them 
um, and they actually took me on trial, did really well. <laughs> and they actually, they never kind of wrote me back. They never wrote me back. Um, I ended up signing for West Brom. That's because Brom. you wrote them a letter. So they well, had to write maybe, back. maybe, maybe. Did you put your phone number on the letter? Or did you write <laughs> this letter? But, but I, I got the last laugh, Tom. I got the last yeah, laugh. Yeah, well, we played actually, for West Ham, so did you? Well, no, I went to yeah. West Brom, actually. Ah. And we played in the same league and we smashed them 4-0 a couple of months after. And the, the youth team coach came over to my dad and said, why didn't you get back to us? Why didn't you contact us? And my dad was like, "You didn't leave an address." Sent you a letter for starters <laughs> with my like dodgy joined up writing and stuff. Yeah. So, um, so I hope Liverpool smash actually, <laughs> but but uh, probably like Matip might play as well. Mm. Back from injury, Fabinho, I don't know, might come in. So I think they might be a bit no. more experienced yeah. in this round than than maybe you, you'd think. Yeah, I wanted to mention about uh, Shrewsbury. They're, they're, they've, they've got the, the very definition of a soft underbelly. Their last four league games have been uh, a two-all draw with Fleetwood, having been uh, up 2-1 up um, until the 87th minute, or 1-0 up against Lincoln and drew one all, lost against Doncaster, and uh, grabbed a draw against bottom of the table, Bolton. And then uh, I just wanted to mention this, they lost in the 97th minute against <laughs> Rotherham 2-1 on Boxing Day because I was there because oh, I know how she... to enjoy my Christmas. Oh. <laughs> He's only told us this story three times. <laughs> um, when you said that they had a uh, soft underbelly, I thought you were going to say that they just had a fat striker. <laughs> <laughs> um, they did get a draw with Wolves last season before losing the uh, replay, so they've got history in this competition. Bournemouth against Arsenal is Monday night's game day encounter. Uh, both Arsenal and Bournemouth will want to carry a little bit of momentum going forward. Callum Wilson will certainly want to do that. Uh, but balancing your selections is key here as well, isn't it? I think Arsenal will take this more seriously, mainly because every team that Arsenal put out at the moment looks like a Europa League team anyway. Yeah, completely. Uh, I mean, I expect the likes of um, someone like Saka will start. He's actually had a pretty decent season in, in Dream Team, considering his price of 2.3 million, 46 points. He he might start. Pepe, I think, actually might start as well. He looks like he's getting a lot of game time. Um, really? Uh, possibly. Without actually doing anything. We will do I mean, this is... I'm not, I'm, the championship, Pepe. I don't want to be saying? doing this again. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said anything. Why I would shouldn't you say have Pepe said around me? What, what are you doing? <laughs> It's not my fault you haven't got a mortgage. Stop bringing up <laughs> things that I hate. Uh, um, but you're right, Sam. The the Arsenal team kind of looks like uh, a bit of a mismatch from, from time to time. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Arteta approaches the game. Because whilst they have been improved under, under him, they haven't been winning many games. Drawn the last three, lost the one before mm. that, that. So this needs to be kind of a statement win for them away at Bournemouth. I but would say I if his hair is anything to go by, his tactics are going to be pretty rigid. <laughs> <laughs> it's resilient. Um, okay. Um, yeah, un unlike Bournemouth, uh, who aren't really trustworthy at all in front of goal. They've scored one or less in 16 of their last 18 games. Um, so if they switch out a striker that has only scored one since October the 6th, um, the, the chances of them scoring against an Arsenal team that probably are going to put out a stronger team than them are quite low, I would have thought. Yeah, completely. And on, on Callum Wilson, I heard him speak after the game against Brighton on Tuesday. He looked... It sounded so relieved to have finally finally got a goal. Not entirely sure we should be tipping him to to score in this game or going forward. But he's not if gonna he, play, mate. He ain't gonna play. Well, he might not play. But I mean, if he can find some form, I, I don't know about the Euros. But 
He was what? talked about at the start of the season and Southgate likes him. Mm. So it will be an interesting one. Mm. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming in and contributing. We appreciate that. Um, Andrew Butler from Dream <laughs> Team FC. That sounds like an insult. I know. <laughs> does, does he? I'm not sure. <laughs> Thanks for your contributions, Kepa, says Sam Matterface. Hold on. Pepe hold on. Hold on. Kepa. He's basically come in and said, don't pick anybody. Don't play yeah. the game. It's all down to luck this weekend because it's the FA Cup and no one knows what the teams are going to be. So in terms of eight minutes wasted yeah. this was probably about the most it should be a winter break shouldn't it dream team for the FA they should yeah. just go on a winter break what we're saying is go no, home mate yeah, there's no down. point there's no need don't play thanks very yeah. much <laughs> thank you for wasting our 15 minutes cheers Andrew Whole Chelsea is a 5.30 kickoff. It's live on Talk Sports. Stuart Pearce and Jim Proudfoot will be commentating on that one. Uh, Chelsea beat Nottingham Forest 2-0 in the previous round. But Tom Rennie, do you think that they're going to easily step over a team that they've beat on the last seven occasions that they've met? A lot of variables in this game because I'm expecting some changes from, from both sides. Uh, we'll get on to Chelsea in a second because I, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about Chelsea and I want to hear it, Sam, considering... Uh, they, they drew with Arsenal after Arsenal having just two shots in midweek. And, and again, they just can't finish poor teams off at home, which Arsenal are. I think there's still a parade going on in North London for that point, by the way. Um, but I want to talk a bit about Hull City because I've watched their last couple of games uh, and they lost them both because I'd heard how good they'd been under Grant McCann. And I mm. thought, oh, I'll watch them. I'll see how they get on. Big games against Derby, lost that by a goal to nil. And Fulham lost that by a goal to nil. But I thought in both games, they looked like a side... You know, we talked about being poor coached when it comes to Manchester United. They look like they're a team that are very well coached, very well organised. And there are players there that I haven't seen for maybe 18 months. And I watched them for the first time since they got relegated and thought, look at the step up these guys have made. And that's people like Camille Grzycki, who plays on the left-hand side of the three behind the striker. And I thought he was fantastic in both those games. He looks like... He has a little bit of magic about him, creativity about him and can cause damage. Uh, he did a little bit in the top level, but I think he looks really good. Um, and also, this is a guy that's been linked with Newcastle in recent days and a few other Premier League teams, Jared Bowen. He is a guy that's changed incredibly since the last time I saw him. He plays on the right-hand side of that three behind a striker. Uh, two guys could be playing up front for them, but I think it's it's probably going to be Tom Eves in this game. He scored a hat-trick in the last round, so he'll probably start. And I think what you've got is a guy who has developed under a manager, and he's an attacking player in a, almost, a, almost a Frank Lampard mould, in that he don't create, and he doesn't really get involved in the build-up very much. But he will be there at the crucial moment, the crucial time to finish and move off. So they've got some superb options moving forward, I think, Hull City. And that's where they could cause some damage. The question is whether they actually are going to play their strongest team. And that's the story of the entire FA Cup round weekend. Are we going yeah. to see Bowen? Are we going to see Grzycki? Are it we is. going to see Reese Burke play? Are we going to see Tom Eve start this game? Are we going to see the talents that they have? Or will they be thinking we're 12th in the championship? There are points that can be made up why would we risk it against the Chelsea side whose second string, who they're going to play, are probably going to beat us anyway? Mm. I think you're right about Jared Bowen. I think he's an excellent player and Steve Bruce definitely concurs. He brought him from non-league football. He takes a lot of credit uh, for doing that and he's quite happy to shout about it as well, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, but he um, he wants to spend 20 million quid on him and Newcastle at the moment are a little bit reluctant to do that. But I think they're so desperate, the whole city, to sell that eventually they will come to a deal and he'll end up moving on this January transfer window. So it'll be interesting to see, as you say, whether or not he features in this game. As far as Chelsea are concerned, mm. they've got a real problem. They're a very, very good team, apart from two things. They let in far too many goals because the goalkeeper 
is not good enough, yeah. despite being seventy-two million pounds worth world record fees <laughs> worth of goalkeeper, and they don't convert enough of their chances. And you can have a go at Tammy. Everyone has a go at Tammy Abraham because it's the easy thing to do. Actually, Tammy Abraham's done a very good job this season because Tammy Abraham is not really or wasn't at the start of the season, a top-four striker. He does miss a few chances. He will get better. He is spending a lot of time after training sessions honing those skills to try and get himself into a situation where he can be a better striker. Ultimately, is he Harry Kane? No. But he's the best Chelsea have got at the moment. They've got to use him. Do they need to buy somebody else? Yes. Even if it's loaning Edison Cavani for five million quid until the end of the season, they have to do something else. The lack of wit and invention on the edge of the penalty area, it's all right getting to the edge of the box and coming up with something, but Chelsea just didn't have enough cut and thrust when it comes to breaking down a low block, where it comes to breaking down a team that put 10 men behind the ball. They cannot get through. Pulisic has been injured. Yes, he wants to get back out there, and that'll be great when he is because he's a talented player. Callum Hudson-Odoi hasn't been incisive enough whenever he's had the opportunity to play on that, that side. We can talk about the fact that Chelsea lost their best player and that they didn't have an ability to sign any players in the summer because of the transfer ban, but they actually signed Pulisic and they actually signed Kovacic. The biggest issue they've had is converting chances, and until they put that right, they, they, they aren't going to make that jump from where they want to be, from where they are, sorry, uh, to where they want to be. And actually, they think they can finish third in the league this season. They probably should finish, finish third in the, in, in the league this season. If they converted their chances and taken the points that, that they should have won this season, the draws that, that should have been victories, then they would have been up there alongside Leicester City in third place, knocking on the door of second. But they're not, because they don't see matches through, and it's so frustrating. <laughs> Even more frustrating that Kepa the Balaga never makes a save. Never. No. Not once. You can shoot at him, it's going in the net. That's it. End of the story. My son could take a penalty against that guy and he'd get a hand to it, but his hand would give way at the last moment and it would just flick behind and it would just trickle into the net. How often does he get down to a ball and then not, he's not able, he's not strong enough in the wrist to palm it round the post. It is absolutely unbelievable I, I, I for a think, goalkeeper of I that price. I think the term is non-bread hands. <laughs> I have never seen Sam Matthews get so red. I know. His face has gone he's, redder than that velvet bag. He's not happy with Chelsea. Furious. He's absolutely right on every mm. front. <laughs> that was great. But, but they win this game on the weekend for Do me. Do they? They're not a banana skin team <laughs> yeah. in the FA Cup. If not against put, teams outside. They put w Willie Caballero in goal. That's why <laughs> they got a good record. They they against teams outside the Premier League. They they don't normally become that banana skin team. And Hull got some good players, but their home form this season's been a bit patchy. To be mm. fair, you know they've won as patchy. many as they've lost. To be fair, so um, I see Chelsea going there. Yes, I Frank will make a few changes, but I can't see them losing this one I think they'll get the job done no problem whatsoever yeah indeed anyway enough of that we were going to talk about Newcastle and Oxford United do you want to do that quickly or uh, should we just say good luck to Steve Bruce I hope he does well in the FA Cup uh, I do I do I want him to do, do well you, because I think he gets unfair they'll stick. get out I don't, I, I don't hope Newcastle yeah. do well I despise watching them I love the club and you know Steve Bruce great personality and all that sort of stuff but you watch them play football I've never hated a side more than this side, I would say. They're right up there with Huddersfield for me in the most anti-football, negative, awful-to-watch side yeah. in the league. They'll stay up and good luck to them. <laughs> I don't feel anything particular about Newcastle, but I've had to sit through their games. And the fact they managed to get 
four points out of Chelsea at home and Everton away playing disgusting anti-football <laughs> annoys me. You know, I want this league to be good and they're the example to everyone right now that you can be utter trash and still stay up in this league. And I hope <laughs> Oxford do them 5 nil. They're not the only example. They're really not the only example. <laughs> they're the worst. They're the worst, Manchester United they're the worst team to watch, though, of all o- of them. Oxford for me. will out possession them. I guarantee they will. they will have more possession. They play decent soccer. But Newcastle, I, I agree a little bit. I think Steve Bruce had an opportunity coming in there, money spent on St. Maximan, Joe Ellington, 40 odd million. Do something different. Mm. He's, he's just yeah, kept but, it well, he all. Can't. He, he, he can't. can't. Yeah, Wellington's can't. not a £40 million player. No. Yeah, because... I reckon the Chelsea scouting department are doing Newcastle scouting as well. They're about to sign Zappa Costa for £80 but million. if you're Joe Ellington, the way that Newcastle play, it's the same with Almiron. He's a good player. And he's, mm. okay, he's scored a couple of goals recently. Um, so people are saying, oh yeah, now he's up and running or whatever. But you're an attacking player in that team. You're not going to perform to your, your highest levels. You're not... And maybe he's not a four no, million pound no. player, but I feel sorry for him at times because the service that he's getting, mm. you know, play, he's isolated, players are not up and around him. Um, it's it's difficult because they're so so negative. They've got no, no interest. No, I, I don't in, I, I don't blame them. And right? the players are better than what well, they're not, letting on. Sure Everybody's sure like, oh, better. we can't play football. We can't do this. Look at Sheffield United. Yeah. I'm not having it. I'm no. not having okay. that. Okay, I do agree with that. I would say the Newcastle squad's at least on par. Oh, they've got David McGoldrick up front. That is a real problem for every single manager in the Premier League, isn't it? Because whatever happens, if you start playing anti-football or you start scrapping results out... And look, I, I, I want Steve Bruce to succeed because nobody wanted him to be the Newcastle <laughs> no. manager, but he's a Newcastle fan. And you know, ultimately, I just think he's not a bad bloke. He's doing his best. He might not be perfect, but ultimately, you know, he's got them into mid-table and hopefully it goes on there play better football. But if you, if you are a manager who plays anti-football, the only three words you need are Look at Sheffield United. That's four words. That's four words. Right again. Sheffield United because they've <laughs> they've got they've got they've got they've got a team made up of League One and League Two players. They have ended up coming on and bursting into the European places in the Premier League. I mean, it's you know if you get a good coach, if you've got a very good coach in Chris Wilder, then you can achieve a lot more yeah. than maybe maybe your players' ability. Uh, suggest you will. So. I've got good seven luck. words good for you, to, mate. Seven words for you. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Counting was never my strong point. Um, <laughs> Shall we move on to the commentator's curse? Oh. Uh, yeah, players or teams will put the mockers on this week by giving a statistical reason as to why. They will do well in a round of matches. Uh, I'm going to start this week. Uh, the last time that Liverpool went to Shrewsbury, the whole town got into cup fever. Just like now. Just like now. Shrewsbury, talk of the game. All eyes upon them. Exclusive to television. Everybody wants to know whether or not Liverpool can tame the Shrews. The game was originally scheduled for the 27th of January 1996. However... It was called off and rearranged three times because of dreadful snow. When it did eventually uh, take place, Liverpool started with Fowler, Collymore, John Barnes and McManaman, all in the same team. 11 internationals in that team and the tie was over in nine minutes. Collymore scored. That was it. They went on to win 4-0. So this week, I am going to suggest that Shrewsbury will stay in the game longer than nine minutes. That's my challenge to you, Sam Ricketts. Keep a clean sheet for longer than nine minutes, and I think they'll do it. 
you're not convinced, are you, Danny? <laughs> not really, no. I was just impressed Mind about you. how well thought out that commentator's curse was. was. That is a lot more research yeah, than I've done for I mine. Mean, they've only lost one in their last 17 <laughs> games. At home, Shrewsbury in the cup. Well, there you go. They only scored twenty four goals over the course of the yeah. entire season. So yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, ultimately like they've fours. been uh, <laughs> they've been a bit lucky in the cups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, right. What you got for me, Danny? Um, Make it long, massive. You've got to have a full story well, about it. In nineteen seventy three, there was a game between Man City and Fulham. Anyway, anyway, um, I'm going to go with Gabriel Martinelli. Arsenal obviously taking on. Bournemouth this weekend. Um, my original thought I was going to go with Aguero. You're not using that now. No, that's good one. That. Yeah, well, it was it was okay. Yeah. Well, I, my original thought was Aguero because um, obviously in red hot form in a minute. I think he's got 19 goals in the FA Cup. If he scores this weekend, that he becomes the fourth all-time top goal scorer in the competition. Um, thought about that one. Are you doing two here? Um, no, no. I'll get on tomorrow. I'm just trying to. Drag it out no, as long as your one. Right. Yeah. Jay Rodriguez yeah. was another one. Nine goals in his last kind of 13 FA Cup games as well. You can't take all the options. Surprised me. Well, you're not doing this one. Commentators, so, um... it's got multiple choice. Commentators, anyway, on to Martinelli. I, I just love this guy. Double figures already this season. He's only started 11 games. Um, I think the last Arsenal teenager to do that, get into double figures, was Nicholas Anelka. Um, but Bournemouth have no interest in the FA Cup today. Eddie Howe doesn't care. No, he'll make 11 changes, um, won't he? So Martinelli uh, gets, he gets a hat-trick guaranteed. I hope Bournemouth concede a goal for every uh, player they change. So if they make 11, I hope they lose 11-0. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that game because that's live on game day on Monday night. I'm really looking forward to going to do Bournemouth reserves against Arsenal's kids. Uh, what have you got for us, uh, Tom? Um, I have got just one because that's the brief, um, on one of my favourite players in the Premier League right now. Um, one of my former favourite players was Mark Albrighton. Really? Uh, I always liked him for his work ethic, fantastic crosses. Yeah. I think he didn't play for England because his head was too square. <laughs> right? And people looked at him and thought, that's not the face and head of an athlete. Or he wasn't good enough. And I think, no, he, I think he was good enough during that title-winning season to play for England. The reason I am picking this guy is because he's the modern-day Mark Albrighton. He's replaced him in the Leicester side, and I think he's going to go on to be a star, but he is equally as flat-topped. Um, the same haircut as the ghost in Ghostbusters that confronts oh, them. Uh, I know where you're going. You know, you know where I'm going? <clears throat> yeah. There is no Dana only Zuel. I'm talking, of course, about Harvey Barnes. He's got two goals in Leicester's last two games, also scored in their FA Cup third-round win over Wigan. I think he's going to go on to be an international regular. I think he's a fantastic player. Oh, and I fancy him this weekend to find the back of the net in Leicester's game. Wow, that's the longest, windy commentator's <laughs> curse section I think we've he's, ever done. He, he's written that off the back of his performance against West Ham, though. So uh, yeah, I would, don't I, take that for... I wrote that through gritted teeth on, uh, on what was it, Wednesday night, in pure rage. Sam could play against West Ham in I a minute admit, and, uh, and, and could be on fire. So um, I'm not so sure about yeah. future England yeah. international well, and all Kepa that. Kepa Balaga could keep goal against West Ham United <laughs> and uh, they'd probably still be all right. <laughs> Uh, game day is back this weekend, 12.45. It's Brentford against Leicester. Then we've got Southampton against Tottenham with Alex Crook at 3 o'clock. And then 5.30, it's Hull against Chelsea. More games on Sunday, including exclusive commentary of the game between Shrewsbury and Liverpool. And on Monday night, I'll be down on the South Coast. Very excited to watch Bournemouth Reserves against Arsenal's kids.
Mates. Thank you very much for getting involved today. We appreciate it. You can uh, download and subscribe and rate and review via Acast, Spotify, Google Play and Apple as well. Uh, we'll be back next week with another preview to the hot Premier League action. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply.